With that, I think I have the, the privilege of introducing Carol Klein, our Chief Information Officer for Conduit, and she'll give you a better flavor on rolling technology. Okay. Thank you. Thrilled to be here. I'm going to spend a little bit of time and talk about technology. I'm going to talk about trends, but I'm really going to try to uh, drive it down to what we're actually doing, what, what Conduit is actually doing. And so much of what Dave talked about, there's an underpinning technology underneath that that kind of makes the magic happen. But let's just start with a little look backwards. Um, there have been four big waves around in the Industrial Revolution. If you think about in the 1700s, the first thing that happened was um, you know, kind of steam and water created the ability to uh, manufacture. It took 100 years until the next wave happened, which was really the introduction of electricity, which then allowed mass production. We also figured out um, you know, assembly lines, and we figured out division of labor so that we could get people to be super, super productive. And then if we look kind of almost 100 years later, what happened was the introduction of kind of computers, if we think about that, kind of the first um, big mass mainframes, PCs happened. And I think about that time, because that's, you know, in the, as the PC got introduced, is kind of when I came into the workplace and I, I grew up in telecom. Um, you know, technology was really about the IT people. It wasn't about anybody else. It was kind of easy to be a CIO, because not all of you were smarter than I was about the technology. And our customers had very few expectations around technology, quite frankly, because it happened in the back room here. It didn't happen in their hand, which is what's happening today. So think about the internet, what's happened there. And then I, I kind of fast forward to the introduction of mobile. I happened in my first job to work for Ameritech that had a cellular business. You know, I was like a freak that had a sat phone and a bag phone when none of you had phones. And I'd sit at the airport and I'd talk on the phone, people think it's crazy. Now you walk through the grocery store and every husband is calling their wife because they can't remember the three things that they told them to buy when they sent them to the grocery. So everybody has that device now. And then think about, you know, 10 years ago, 10 years ago is really when apps started. And think about the huge difference that has occurred in the world since we've introduced the concept of apps. If I was going to plot productivity across this chart, you know, you'd see productivity that went like this because everybody's always on and there's so much more transactioning that's happening. There's a t statistic, John, you'll correct me, there's a statistic that is like in the last two years, 5,000 times more data has been created than any of the time before. And I think it's my daughter on Snapchat who just keeps taking those stupid pictures. I'm like, what is this whole thing? But it's so, you're so engaged, it's constant, it's real, it's streaming, it, and it's totally changed the experience. A and even more is gonna change. So there's these disruptive technologies right now. When I first built this slide, there were 100 on there. And I thought, okay, well, that'd be a little ridiculous. How's anybody gonna be able to see anything? And then we kind of called it down to 50, and I took it down to 20. But these technologies that, that used to be kind of bleeding are now being brought into the work that we do today. And, and keeping pace with that change of technology, it, it, it's the expectation of that consumer that we're gonna to continue to drive these effortless experiences. And these effortless experiences are gonna depend on this type of technology so that we can make the magic happen. So I'm gonna talk about a few. Um, Armand, where are you? So Armand runs our labs. And um, you know, we've, we've built uh, some practices around these technologies. I'm gonna talk about a few. 
um, that we really think are, are super important as you think about your employees and you think about your customers, constituents, kind of how we serve. But mobile, I think mobile everybody knows. Everybody has the phone, everybody understands that. I think an interesting statistic is that by 2020 there will be more people with mobile than electricity or water. I'm trying to figure out how those people that don't have electricity keep their mobile phone charged. But, but it, it, it's ubiquitous. It's ubiquitous, and I think you'll, you've seen you know, companies that have been completely disrupted, industries that have been completely disrupted by the introduction of mobile. I mean, who would think that I, you could put your house on a site and have somebody stay at your house and you've become a hotel? Like, who, who would think that? But huge disruption. I think there's other companies, you know, Facebook was a little late to the mobile game, and quite frankly, it allowed companies like Twitter and Instagram who were there to, comp to create a completely different space. So mobile is significant. And you know, your employees and your customers view your last, their last interaction with you, your best digital experience with them is how they think about your brand. And for so many of them, it happened on that mobile device. Now, as we kind of think about how it's going to progress, the user interface is going to change. And it's going to, you know, it, you'll have a phone. It may be a watch. It may be a pair of glasses. Um, but that, that what that's going to look like is going to change, and the capability is going to be more and more and more of what we're going to be able to do with that. You know, virtual assistants are going to be real things. You know, my team yesterday, the interactive team, Team 7, who didn't win, the, our idea was around, you know, your career, your life, your life, your career, and how you have this assistant or this coach who can help you through every journey that you have as an employee. Those things are becoming real. Um, and really, when you step back, the, the, the bigger thought for me around mobile is what we've done to create, because I'm a telecom girl at heart, to create that network that allows us to have you know, the internet of things. You know, we, we all have a device that can be a connected device that can give information. We know where you are. We know what you're buying. We know what you're doing. We know your habits. It's created a, quite a capability. So I'll move to the internet of things. Um, and really, you know, Dave spoke about what we do you know, in EasyPass. Kind of the Internet of Things, right? We put a we put a you know a, a mobile collector out there at the tollway that will allow us to scan your car as it drives through. You're a sensor, and we we have information about you, and we can bill you, we can call you, we can send a bill to you, we can collect from you if it doesn't occur. So this connected world that um, we've created here with the networks being everywhere, ubiquitous. The number of users on that network. I mean, you know, you're even seeing, you know, one of our customers who's now, you know, augmenting one of our one of our mobile customers who's augmenting their network by having you all put a little box in your, in your office so that they can mesh that network. So um, it's a, enabled a complete different capability. And, and go back to the, you know, there's five million five billion people that will have mobile devices and 75 billion of these devices that are internet devices, so you know, 5 billion wireless and then everything else around it, whether it be your refrigerator, your car, you know, everything will have a sensor in it. So machine learning. How many people are doing machine learning in their company right now? Raise your hand. I'm going to have you talk to me about it. It's an, I thought it would be a bigger number. I honestly did. Who told me? You raised your hand. Tell me what you're doing. It's really in the ideation stage right now, but it's all about you know how can we um, create consistent learning through AI so that our associates who are client-facing 
uh, to our clients over the phone to really help them serve those clients and things that matters that are much more complex than we could ever train one of our employees to help awesome. a client with. Awesome. So the, the machine's smarter than the people. And so how do we use the machine to help the people be smarter when they talk to the customer or the employee? Who else? Are you the only one? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, of course you. You're doing everything. You've heard enough, I of, my, know. enough of my win today. No, go. Um, so we've got a learning algorithm in place with one of our brands that we're piloting. And it's helping to determine channel receptivity across field sales, inside sales, digital, and social media. Okay. So, you know, basic terms, machine learning. In, in traditional programming, I got a program, I put input into the program, and then I get output. You know, the problem that was trying to be solved with machine learning was we didn't necessarily know the program. We had to figure out the algorithm. And so we have inputs and outputs, and then we try to figure out what the pattern or the algorithm is. And probably the most, the most challenging part of it is you got to tune it. It's got to learn. You know, you just, just don't come out with the answer. You've got to look at all the variables, all the data, and you've got to learn. So as we think about machine learning, I mean, when we created our application to um, be able to do that screen capture of a license plate at high fidelity, and then be able to correlate that back to who you are, team used machine learning, in order to be able to tune it, get you know, what, what, what was the visibility, how fast was the car, what data do we have to gather, what could we analyze around it. I'm gonna hand this over to Armand, he's gonna talk about a couple other, because we've got, Armand runs our labs, I told him I was going to do this, and he's not happy with me. Um, but we probably have what fifth? How many? How many? How many applications of machine learning do we have right now? Uh, quite a few. So uh, we talked about the one uh, in, in tolling. So it's not only just the license plate recognition. We recognize the number of people in the car, the type of the automobile, and all that data to just uh, uh, you know basically charge back. Uh, we have uh, applications in uh, in fraud detection. Uh, we use it both uh, on the financial side and also on the on the healthcare side. So uh, again, the idea here is that you can look at the patterns, uh, learn from those patterns, and look for anomalies. So that's the basic core. Uh, we have another application which is actually in the in the innovation area. Uh, you can take a look at it. Uh, it's called the digital glove box. Uh, the whole idea is uh, uh, we we learn uh, we train the algorithms to. Uh, uh, let, me, let me actually first talk about what it is. It's, uh, it, it, right now, it's used in the context of the uh, automobiles, but you can extend this to other areas as well. Uh, basically, if you don't know something about the knob or the uh, screen in your car, you basically get your camera on top of it. It will pop up and basically gives you instructions. Application of that in the pharmacies. Uh, you you want to know about uh, your medication. Again, uh, we train the algorithm so looks at the pill bottle, looks at the uh, uh, instructions, and basically guide you through it. Uh, we have app, uh, application of uh, uh, machine learning also in the, uh, in the healthcare uh, payer uh, and in the uh, healthcare provider. So uh, a lot of the transactions that come through, we basically uh, have uh, taught the, uh, our solutions to, uh, to look for the uh, right data extract that data and automatically do the billings and so on and so forth. So, so many applications across all sorts of industries. If you're interested, 
Uh, we'll be out there. Uh, I can walk you through a whole lot more details. Everybody should talk to Armand before we leave. He runs our labs. He, you know, we've got a, a large presence in India. We've got a large presence here in the U.S. as well. You know, we're across many accounts. You know, but it's kind of the it's the guts underneath it. You know that that you don't see, and it's the way it's the way that we build our applications, and the way we build the technology to have the right analytics and the right capability. Um, the next one I'll talk about is. RPA, Robotic Process Automation. A lot of um, buzz around this, a lot of buzz around this. Simple terms is you know, looking at your business process, that today you have people do the work and figuring out how we have robots or software do the work and automate that. Um, you know, big opportunities around automation, around um, improvement of quality, you know, Sometimes systems can do work better than humans can do the work. Um, and so you know, we apply this also against many of our programs. But when we think about automation then, we think about maybe kind of a, kind of a, a suite of tools. And you know, one of our competency centers that Armand runs or our practices is around automation, where we'll apply both machine learning, RPA, what we're doing from a business process, optimization with technology, and then the ability to add voice assistant into that to really look at an end-to-end -end process and then automate that end-to-end -end process. And that's how we think about wrapping it together. We're excited about blockchain. I'm going to talk a little bit about blockchain. Armand has a, a team of people in India that are working on blockchain. I think if, you, if you've heard about blockchain, you've probably heard most about Bitcoin, which um, is interesting because of the um, kind of disintermediation that it's done in given industries. You know, we think about blockchain more from the process side, you know, and more really from the transactioning side than from the currency side when we think about it. You know, in kind of simple terms, blockchain allows a trusted network, so people have to be trusted onto the network. You know, the data is strung in a block. You know, that block gets generated to the network. The network validates that that is a valid block. There's a race to that validation, quite frankly. That's confirmed. It's broadcast to the, to the rest of the network. And then it gets replicated onto the blockchain. That's the simple frame of it. I'll talk about an example, which is kind of smart contracts. So we, we, we think this is a super interesting capability. Think about a flat contract. You negotiate with a supplier. You negotiate for pricing. You do it every three years if you're lucky. Um, and then that's kind of, you're, you've got a static set of goods that you're buying, static quantity, static price. Um, think about for a supplier, think about your, your supply chain. Um, I'm a big manufacturing and a manufacturer and I buy from several different suppliers. I'm looking at my next production run and I need to order. If I've got my contract in a blockchain, it almost can become live. I have metadata that, I, that can help me to be able to do the transaction, so I need to buy goods. And I've got three suppliers. And those th three suppliers have purchased through a smart contract. And now when I get to go make the purchase, I say I want these goods, I need this quantity, it has these specs, and I can affect get new pricing, not every three years, but as I need to buy demand buy, I can evoke that purchase. I can, I can put, you know, score what the, the, the satisfaction rating is on that supplier. I can make the payment and I can release that. We think that has huge implications in our business because we think that 
the, the world will move from these, you know, there's so many flat transactioning, there's so much flat, you know, think of all the documents, think of all the contracts that your lawyers have. Think about when you gotta do a review of those contracts. Um, you know, we think it has huge application, so, so we're investing in it. And then let me talk about customer journey management. You know, as we think about that, we think about that intersection of you know, your customer's life cycle, your employee's life cycle, and how we bring technology to that. You know, and, and all these technologies that I've talked about, mobile, RPA, machine learning, all of those can play a role in the differentiated experience that you want your customers um, to, to, to experience and, and live by. You know, I, I think that the world is moving. Those who are successful, those companies who are successful, are figuring out how they make it effortless, whatever that experience is. Whether it's, I just got married, and I need to change my beneficiary, and how do I go about that? Do I do that on a mobile app? What is that experience? And what do you know about me? And how do we apply what you know about me to make that transaction more simple? You know, whether it's you know, healthcare, and I, you know, I need to take medication, and you need to remind me how I take medication. I mean, each, each one of those journeys that you're trying to solve with your customers, you know, we think about in the design frame of what do we intentionally want those to be, and then what's the technology that we can provide underneath it. So, you know, I'm the believer that, and, and we're the believer because of the business that we're in, um, that really technology is gonna reframe how we serve these customers. Our ability to stay advanced and in front of it is so, so critical. And when we look at what we're doing with analytics and machine, I mean, they are truly disruptive capabilities. And we ask the question, you know, where are you on that continuum? But, you know, I tell you, we want to be with you on that continuum as you continue to advance what you do for your customers. We want to play a role in that. So thank you so much.